This is Julio Cortez, health and happiness coach, here to serve you. And now, the left gate, the shape of progressive conversation. I'm Robin Renee, and you are listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. And um, given the state of the world today, we're going to have a little bit of a different format. We have some random facts, but um, we've got, a, you know, the whole world is awash in news, and uh, we kind of need a blanket for it. So that's basically what we're going to do today. And I'm Wendy Sheridan. And hello, I'm Mary McGinley, and I'll give you a random fact that has nothing to do with anything. This random fact is that originally Superman could not fly. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but <sighs> maybe maybe I didn't read enough of the books. Apparently, Superman, in the original comic books, he did not fly, but he leaped tall buildings in a single bound, so he was always jumping and then in the 40s, they decided to put together like cartoons, animated cartoons to show at the movies or something of Superman. And they found that when they did the drawings of Superman bending his knees to jump, that he looked pretty awkward. And <laughs> they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't like that. So they said, can't we just have him take off? And they switched him around and gave him that power to fly. So that was how Superman earned his wings. I, I, I actually like that comic relief, <laughs> literally. Well, this is uh, my my random fact is kind of vaguely funny, sort of maybe kind of. I don't know. Um, and I get my random facts by literally clicking random on Wikipedia until something that's not a footballer shows up. There's a lot of Wikipedia entries for football for soccer players. So <laughs> from like Poland and places I can't pronounce. Um, this fact is the possum drop is any one of several New Year's Day celebrations in which a possum is lowered from height at midnight in contrast to other events of this kind, which typically involve replicas, a possum drop uses a live animal as its prop. Oh, I don't like that. Well, Peta uh -huh. successfully sued to stop the 2013 Brasstown, North Carolina possum drop under the premise that the State Wildlife Commission did not have the authority to issue the permits for such an event. Hmm. Uh, in spite of this, the organizers used a dead opossum instead after oh deciding God. they could not afford legal expenses that could result from defying PETA's request as they had originally planned to do. PETA did not object to using an already dead animal. No. <laughs> this is oh so weird. What, what are they <laughs> trying wait, to accomplish? We're not done. Wait, wait. <laughs> The North Carolina legislature passed a law in 2013 
to expressly allow the commission to issue such permits. Oh, my God. And the Brasstown event resumed in 2014. And I guess they were objecting to the use of a dead possum because then they're out all that good meat. Oh, God. (laughs) This is North Carolina. Well, what did they do it in other places as well, apparently. Thousands of local, well, they, they, it happened again in 2014. Thousands of local residents and from all over the U.S. signed petitions to stop this event using a live opossum. Brasstown received more national attention for the 2015 New Year's possum drop when PETA again filed a motion to prevent Clay Logan from obtaining a capture permit. Logan had already decided due to time concerns not to obtain a state permit for that year's drop. And I... I got nothing. I got nothing either. <laughs> Just, I... Mm, I don't, you know, there are enough, there are enough reasons, there are enough things to protest <laughs> right now that I'm probably not going to protest future uh, attempts at possum dropping, but... Well, they they don't... It, it, reading the entire Wikipedia article, which had a lot of words in it, uh, believe it or not. Um, which I believe it. Um, and I didn't look to see the edit history to see what kind of flame wars were going on over this either, but um, they don't literally drop the possum they lower it that's what i worry like, about they lower it like it's the ball at, at, yeah. at times square so but you know but why are you doing much. i mean aren't possums hibernating in january come on what's the possum could be scared i kind of think the possum drop should just be the name of a dance really uh, yeah. yeah that's what it sounds like <laughs> or a bar <laughs> Anyway, um, it's something you have to clean up after your possum. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, my random fact was just uh, I just decided to look for like random black history facts and um, found that in 1794, Richard Allen founded the Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Philadelphia on this day. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was something to know something to note ah, so that's all the random facts i can handle <laughs> how about the news okay here's uh, some of the news that we can i don't know this is probably well, even more news than we can handle I, yeah i, I just want to so say that I, I believe that our last recording was made slightly before george floyd's death we made it on the 25th of may according to my calendar is when we actually recorded it okay yeah so so our last show didn't talk about what you know there's just so much has happened and is happening that um yeah there's so many there's so many um dates that are that it's like life (laughs) life was very different two weeks ago that's all i can say it's yeah, I mean, yes and no. I feel like it's a continuation. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously this kind of violence isn't new, no. but it's certainly not at all, obviously. But um, it's certainly, um, I think, the um, having to understand it and see it in such a stark way 
and um, and the world response are both very very different. You know, so that's something. Um, I just want to say that I, I I'm really. I mean, I, uh, traumatized is a word I could use. Um, I feel like I'm, uh, I don't know. I think I was becoming prone to panic attacks anyway, just um, just with everything in the world, corona and personal shit and all of that. And, and then... Um, there's just to and now to add to it, I, I feel, you know, I feel relatively, I, I do have a certain kind of privilege of just where I live. I feel relatively safe, but, but I, you know, but in the last week or so, I don't know. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be out after dark. Maybe I should make sure my taillight is okay. <laughs> you know, there's that kind of um, fear that, that comes up. So mm-hmm. I'm a little bit feeling unstable about everything but um but determined and incredibly um happy to see the world as i said the world response like these protests are not they're not waning and i think we're seeing real some some actual shifts so that's good but what kind of news have you guys seen what that that really struck you in terms of like what's any any of them. <laughs> the general thing that struck me is that the protests are about police violence. So what do they do to react to these protests is the police are violent. So just proving the point. And that's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, some of that some of that has been pretty horrific. Um and and I mean, you know, the 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 DC protesters getting cleared for a Bible, yeah, photo photo was was kind of bizarre. But then you know, but then there's been some real you know stuff like in Philadelphia near us and other places where people people are getting hurt, but people are not standing down too. So it's like a it's yeah. a strange cycle. I had read I had read that they I don't know who took the the statue of mayor rizzo down i didn't know there was a statue of mayor rizzo oh yeah yeah (laughs) but that got pulled down was it last night two nights ago nights ago and the mural was painted i guess over the weekend oh there was a mural that was painted over too yeah i saw that was Mm -hmm. it a mural of rizzo Mm -hmm. yeah why yeah why are they why are they glorifying that guy (laughs) like holy shit he was really worshipped by some people well, he was yeah. mayor for a long time too. I know. He had a he lot of mayor long enough to have the city pay for his Balakinwood mansion. I remember when that story broke, and that's kind of when he went away. Like, oh, did yeah. he did not? He did. He had to leave office, didn't he? Didn't he have to leave office? He didn't just like end his term. It didn't like wasn't a normal term. I think because he was being charged with fucking crimes that he kind of re- you know resigned. Didn't that happen? I think so, but also I think he had more terms than they were supposed to have. Probably, I, I remember throughout my youth he was mayor of Philadelphia. Mayor of Philadelphia, I was when well, I was a long time. There. We can <laughs> we can 
have some <laughs> Frank Rizzo facts one day. I don't. <laughs> I didn't do the research on him, but uh, no. But yeah, his his likenesses are not are not there now. So good. Some of those symbols are coming down. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, what is it? Virginia is taking Richmond is taking down the statue of Robert E. Lee. That's huge. It is because I've been to Monument Monument Row. I guess they call it. Mm. In Richmond, um, they have a whole bunch of Confederate monuments, and then they have um, Arthur Ashe, who I <laughs> okay. love. But I think it was sort of like put there as like a way to placate. Like, we're not taking all these guys down, but we're going to put your black tennis star <laughs> from Richmond. Yeah, what does Arthur yeah. Ashe have to do with the Civil War? I think that's well, not at all. He, he's from Richmond. And that's, but I did, I did make the pilgrimage to go see the, the you know, Arthur Ashe because I love him. And I'm like, I'm a huge tennis person. And it's a very odd, uh, it's an odd juxtaposition. But the fact that Lee is coming down from that particular yeah. place is pretty, that's pretty monumentous, actually. Yeah. Um, there's there's that a, was a weird pun. I didn't mean it to be a pun. <laughs> But um, when you said Monument Row, I am reminded of of a Futurama episode where the beginning takes place on a place called Monument Beach. And all of these monuments from all over the world are like stuck on this beach. Like there's Mount Rushmore and the Leaning Tower of Pisa and and (laughs) the White House and the Eiffel Tower. The whole point was for Lurs people from Omicron to blow everything up with their anti-monument lasers. So... uh. (laughs) Okay, I thought it was an homage to Planet of the Apes for a minute or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah homage, I think, to Independence Day because they uh, blew up the White House like that, and, and okay. you know, it was, and it was also they blew up Fry's sandcastle with a little tiny rocket ship. But I'm, all right, I'm going to stop with my in, interjecting <laughs> of cartoons. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a weird That's thing because thing. I think there's so much. I'm having so much anxiety and so much fear and so much sadness and so much that those those interludes, I find myself watching just random shit on YouTube or just, I don't know, like I kind of need those <laughs> interjections sometimes too. That's yeah. why I watch but, guys on their narrow boats. Oh, you're yeah, still watching, yeah. I watched an hour long YouTube video on how to prune grapevines, okay? So then the guy was talking very precisely at a pace like this. That's very calming. And my husband was going to just shooting me looks like, why are we watching this? <laughs> I totally get it. I get it. I've been doing that. That's why I, I, I'm watching the the people on their narrow book. There, there was that one guy that I used to watch. Suddenly YouTube decided, oh, she must like narrow boats. So they send me all these different things. <laughs> There's a whole population of people who who videotape themselves on narrow boats so i i end up watching that and cooking yeah well that's what those algorithms because because i have watched a lot of japanese anime with subtitles and a couple of korean movies with subtitles now my suggestions are nothing in english at all ever Uh, so (laughs) that's funny so um but yeah, so have you, I, I, I recently, I was, I was feeling very leery about protesting just because like things seemed so violent in so many places that I'm like, I don't, I want to support and I, obviously I want to have my voice heard, but I'm like, maybe my voice is better heard on a podcast or in writing mm-hmm. or 
something else. And I felt really conflicted about that because I am the person that wants to be out there if it's something major, you know, and this is when you say about the violence, what, what do you mean? You mean the violence of the police or the violence of the protesters? The, uh, the violence of the, the potential for getting harmed in a protest, however it happens, you know, and I don't know who's, I mean, I think obviously we have seen police reactions that have been extreme. Um, I don't doubt that there are some protesters that have done some violence, but I also know that there have been other people who come and do some looting and do some instigation type stuff. Yeah. Um, like the Boogaloo people or something. Yeah, but they're, they're embedded with the protesters. It's yeah, the that's the thing. So it's very, it, it's a very chaotic kind of a thing. And that's what, that's the main thing I was thinking about that you know who knows who but it's it's um it's possible to get hurt out there but so i had been hearing that in new jersey at least things have been relatively peaceful and well done oh and and not to mention trying to socially distance in a (laughs) crowd is a little bit crazy so um i did wind up going to a protest this weekend in williamstown and and it's been it was it was pretty big considering you know it's a very small town and um very that's um, in philly new jersey where's williamstown south jersey yeah yeah and it was very it was peaceful and there might have been a few people watching that were not on our side but no one there were no altercations that i saw um you know very um intergenerational multiracial thing you know event which was great um the chief of police spoke and talked about like you know make reforms that they're working on making and a lot of other you know community organizers spoke and it was um overall it was it was very positive and peaceful um and i felt relatively safe in the crowd i can say it was the most um probably the riskiest situation i've put myself in since the whole corona thing just I've never I haven't that was the first time I was around that many people, obviously. Oh, yeah. You know. And there were a couple of moments where I felt kind of crowded and I was able to like step out onto a sidewalk or something to not be, you know, really too close to people. Um so it was, you know, and there were a few, couple of my friends that were there, which was nice to see people and you know, um I don't know. I mean, I think it I think it adds to the numbers, it just adds to the reality that people all over are responding to this. It's not just major cities. It's not just black communities. It's not just, it's not any, it's growing beyond what you would think are the typical epicenters, you know, Mm -hmm. for this kind of thing. And I think that's, that feels key to me. That feels different. Uh, Case in point, you know, I've been, I was driving after, after this event and passed another very small South Jersey protest, like just on my way driving somewhere that I had no idea was happening, you know? And I was like, (laughs) and it was sort of, I was like, wow, this is different. This is something else because this is a town that would have never, (laughs) it it wouldn't have been on anybody's radar kind of thing, you know? And it sucks that someone had to die so horribly, Um, you know? And I'm glad that we're seeing we're seeing some kind of shift. I don't know what to call it right now, but there's something about everybody around the world saying like, 
fucking no more of this, you know? Mm -hmm. And well, yeah, it's, there was a, there was a BLM protest organized maybe 18 hours before it happened. Maybe it was on, uh, God, I can't even, it's, it was a week ago. So it feels like you know, months ago. Uh, (laughs) um, I can't remember if it was a Saturday or a Sunday. I kind of think it was a Sunday. And so it was just a few days after when, you know, Minneapolis was still burning and and there was a lot of things seem to have kind of calmed down now-ish with the protests. Mm -hmm. But this was back this was, you know, it was back a week ago when the world was on fire and, um, and it was happening at city hall, which is, you know, literally down the street from me. And it's like, we can't not go. I just happened to see a post on my local community page. And I think they organized it very quickly in order to keep it off of any instigators radar, you know, that that nobody had no no bad actors had time to decide to drive up here in a bus and start shit or it could be we were just too small i mean our town my city is only what twenty five thousand people yeah i was thinking that that might be the case though too because i've been having trouble finding out where things are happening and i'm thinking about certain towns and areas that i said i know something's got to be happening here but i'm not i'm not reading about it i'm not finding out even on mm. like typical outlets, like where right where those things are, and I think that might be why people. Yeah, are- and it, this was definitely a word of mouth thing. It's one of my other local activist people that I met. Um, God, I met you know in twenty at the end of twenty sixteen when we needed to start organizing again, and um, it was on his Facebook, and mm-hmm. I, I said, "All right, we're going down there." You know, he said, "You know, bring signs, wear a mask." Uh, and when we got there, there were maybe about 150 people and we kind of stayed to the edge of the crowd at city hall. And, uh, because there were people who were pretty crowded together, but it was pretty spread apart anyway. There were clusters. I'm assuming they're like family groups or people who are sheltering in place together and they would kind of clump together and then there would be a space and then there would be another small group. But as the, as the thing, as the event went on more and more people were there. And I think by the end, maybe there was three to five, there were a few hundred people there and mm-hmm. it was starting to get crowded and I was starting to get antsy. Um, but I was mostly, and they had um, the people, the women who organized this, who were, you know, the black women who organized this, they had a little pink, like kitty microphone, um, megaphone. You know, it needed to be louder. And I kind of nudged, I nudged my, yeah, I nudged my husband and I said, you should have brought your bullhorn and loaned it to them because his is like an official, like he bought a real one and it gets really freaking loud. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I could, I could hear sometimes when they were like aiming it at me, I could hear what they were saying and they had, so they spoke and they had a guy read some poetry and then our mayor was there um, and he spoke and that was cool. Although I didn't stay for his whole speech, uh, you know, he's a white Italian guy. I mean, and yeah, I mean, he's talking about, you know, we're great, how great the city is. And he grew up here and he wants oh. us all to, he's a very, he, he was very kumbaya and it was fine. And it was really, you know, and it's nice 
well, trying to recognize people with their masks on was tough, but you know, there was a lot of people I knew who were there mm-hmm. and, um, and it was, a, it was good to see as many people show up as, as did. And there was a lot of uh, positive honking from people driving past and, uh, and some, some unsensed eye from some weirdos, but you know, but that's, I really want to, I actually should talk to my, my kids friends because there was supposed to be a march from in Westfield going from one place like in Fanwood to Westfield. And that's like a pretty, uh, pretty expensive white neighborhood. Um, and I want to know how that went, but I, it was, it was, I'm sure it was peaceful because if it wasn't, we would have heard something. Right. You know, that's the one thing I've noticed that New Jersey really hasn't, it hasn't seemed to have had any of the kind of violence that's showing up in like the bigger cities and stuff. I was happy to see Camden have a, a peaceful protest. Yeah. Because that city does not have a reputation for peace. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's been uh, at least a couple of times has been uh, called the most dangerous city in America. And really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Per yeah. capita, like, you know, violent huh. crime, crimes per capita or something like that. Huh. Um, and that has really, uh, that has changed. They, they changed the policing in that mm. in that city, they got. I think they got rid of the city police, and exactly. uh, and now it's county. county yeah, yeah, I think. But oh, they also wow. did a lot of reform mm-hmm. in terms of how that they're how they're engaging in being part of the community as a part yeah. of just. I think like, too that one of I'm sorry. Uh, one of the reasons why they did that too is having to deal with the policeman's union. I think the mm. police union has been a problem. And I speak this as a union member that um, it's just difficult to deal with. And so by them uh, 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 ending the whole police system that they had and then starting a new department, they eliminated it problems with the union. Mm. Okay. Yeah, well, the union is well. Yeah, they they don't let you just fire people when they need to be fired sometimes, and that that has to change. I mean, I I think it's changing in New Jersey. Um, one of the one of the news items I had I had uh, talked about or was going to talk about, which I'm hoping will be linked in this podcast, is the press release from um, the attorney general's office in New Jersey, uh, attorney general Grewal, who's, um, who is a person of color. He's a Sikh. And I'm sure that I, I can't believe that his lived experience as a person of color hasn't influenced the initiatives that he's wanted to bring to the state. Um, and, and some of it is, is included in this press release that they've been working on it since December and they're about to roll out some pilot programs in a few different towns. Like I think Newark is one and, and Patterson, you know, um, they want to have, for example, statewide certification of police officers, which is, which is like a license, which they require for pretty much every other professional operating in the state, like doctors and nurses and plumbers and, you know, electricians and everybody else. So they need to have, 
to be licensed. And, and uh, so they can revoke the license if it becomes an issue. Um, they're doing, I'm not going to read this whole, this whole press release, but they're also going to be updating their use of force policy. Um, and apparently they have not updated this in two decades. So, um, and I think they are, uh, what is this, Division on Civil Rights Incidents Response Team. Unlike the federal government, New Jersey currently lacks a team of community relations specialists who can respond in the community following a major civil rights incident. The Attorney General's office intends to develop such a team within the DCR in the months ahead. So that's good. Hmm. And um, I mean, I, they've been they've been pretty good with making new things. I know they have, you know, we're one of, I think, two states that has an office for, you know, LGBTQ relations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, I would like to think that the state that we live in is figuring this shit out and trying to get stuff right, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, um, I'm weirdly hopeful right now i mean yeah. in, in through all of the other feelings i'm having you know yeah i it, it's it comparing you know and you always you, you hear people saying oh i really hate living in new jersey and blah 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 it's like yeah but there's a lot of things that we you know yes we have very high taxes but you know we haven't had we haven't had the police firing tear gas and rubber bullets at people this, this week. This well, that's week. A, mm, that's a hard I, I guess that's a kind of a. a that's really funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, But well, it's true. I mean, how yeah. many other states could say that? I know. And honestly, I hear more people who don't live here complaining about Jersey than people who do. That's true. <laughs> it's like all this. We get a lot of jokes. but Because you know. the people who don't live here, the only thing they see is the turnpike. Right. Yeah. And they think that's New Jersey. Yeah. So uh, one of the other things that I'm seeing a lot of that encourages me is people talking about white people solving the problem of racism. Oh, and yeah. looking it square in the face and, and talking about it amongst each other. Yeah. And I... I am cautiously optimistic again because I haven't seen this come up as strongly as I've seen it now. So I'm wondering what you've encountered, what you've, is there anything that you're hearing, doing? Well, I've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot of, um, of reading lists and lists of movies to watch and documentaries to watch. Uh, for white people specifically and and lists of things that white people need to do to become aware uh you know because obviously we need to see video of these horrific things happening otherwise it it doesn't exist for us uh, you know um and it it and it's not like it's not like communities of color haven't been screaming this at the top of their lungs since the beginning you know it's just white people as as a monolithic group have been covering their ears and going la 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 i can't hear you and and when it's right in your face you can't look away you can't say that this didn't happen and uh and i've been seeing a lot of that i've been seeing you know i've been seeing white people 
taking on the emotional labor of educating their less uh, or their ignorant um, brothers and sisters. Hmm. Uh, not all of it's working, but I, and I've also seen a lot of um, outing of, of racists on Facebook. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of let's see this asshole lose their job kind of posts. Hmm. There's a lot of calling like the, the out Karens that get videoed, or, or yeah, the, well, yeah. it's not just Karens, Karens. that get videos. It, not yeah. the, not just that woman who this week, in the park. this week of all weeks, in in a fucking park in Manhattan, calling the police to say there there's a black woman sitting in the park looking at me, and oh, that this right. is actionable. Oh, I didn't hear that, 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 was that, that one. was after the the dog. That was the the pregnant blonde woman. Who right. with a little twee outfit? No, See, I, I even forgot about even... that already because it was yeah. so much. Y'all were shadowed by the one who was uh, walking a dog without a leash, and, yeah. and the guy was bird watching. No, that's not. No, no, this is not that one. This happened after. Yeah, it's <laughs> this happened after. This happened this past week uh, during all of the other shit. Like, really, lady, you're going to do this? Yeah, you know, that's pretty amazing. Like four blocks away, there's like a fucking protests going on and she's going there's a woman sitting in the park who's looking at me mm. and she's has has a darker complexion than mine yeah oh my god <laughs> it's like i was reading going oh my god <laughs> i i could not i could not believe that this how tone deaf some people are but anyway, tone deaf and maybe, oh, I mean, the woman with the dog absolutely knew what she oh, was yeah. doing and it was yeah. no doubt. So it would sort of, I think it's a power no, I know. wheel thing, you know, I mean, which was, yeah. that was but, actually good to see and for me to see in stark relief too. Not that, you know, some people just act out of privilege that they've always had and don't really understand. And then there's some, and obviously there are people who absolutely they understand know and are, they absolutely understand. Well, not everybody does. Not a lot no. of people really just are oblivious and think, think they own the world and act mm -hmm. like it, mm -hmm. but they don't really understand that not everyone has that feeling. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But this person made it very clear that some yeah. people really well, do know. The yeah, icing on the cake in that situation was that the rescue that gave her that dog took her dog away. Yeah, but they gave it back. Yeah, I heard they gave it back. Oh, I thought I read that they took it. They asked they took for it the dog and back. They gave it back. Yeah, yeah. And they gave the dog back to her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. But oh, the well. job didn't give the job back. So. No, yeah, she didn't get her job back. <laughs> I don't know. But but anyway, yeah. So I anyway. just I I really wanted to talk about that aspect of people talking amongst themselves and learning about the shit, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, I think there are instances, for example, I went for a socially distanced walk with a friend of mine who was visiting from uh, Indiana this weekend. And he, what a time to visit. Yeah. Well, he's got family around and whatever. So it was, it made sense actually. And um, he's a white, young young white man and had um questions it was very cautious and like you know i know this is a lot i know what's going on and i just i wondered if it's okay to talk with you about this he was very like ultra cautious mm -hmm. and i also and i took it it was taken in a very positive light because it wasn't like someone like assuming i should speak for everybody 
Yeah, you're a representative of the race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't that. But, it, you know, and I think he had a real awareness of the fact that people are fucking exhausted, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it would have been really fine for me to not want to speak about it, but I actually did. And I, and I, and I think I recognize that, you know, some people don't want, some people of color don't want anything to do. They're like, please just go educate yourself. Fuck you, you know? And well, I think that's done. totally I, valid. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in certain contexts, it feels very comfortable for me to talk about these things with people. And I'm, I was glad that he asked. And, you know, so he just wanted to, he really wanted to know a lot about how I was experiencing things and talking about what he's trying to do to make things better in his, in his immediate world and what, you know, what, what else is possible and that sort of thing. So it was, it was actually a good conversation, um, you know. And yeah. I think having the exhaustion really recognized helped a lot. Um, you know, so I'm hoping that more of that happens. I'm hoping that there are, I mean, I'm sure there are many more difficult conversations to be had around all this stuff, you know, for sure. But that was a e pretty easy one and, and helpful, I think. And I need to put this up here to say something um, because I got this notification on my email literally three minutes before we started recording. And uh, it's from the Washington post and it's uh, 11, 10 57 AM on Monday, June 8th. And the headline is congressional Democrats unveil sweeping police reform legislation in response to protests. And uh, here's the, the articles. Congressional Democrats on Monday unveiled broad police reform legislation pledging to transform law enforcement across the country in the wake of the death of George Floyd at the hands of police in Minneapolis, which has sparked nationwide protests. The Justice in Policing Act of 2020 would ban chokeholds, establish a national database to track police misconduct and prohibit certain no-knock warrants among a range of steps. Leaders of the House and Senate Democrats released the legislation, which had been drafted by members of the Congressional Black Caucus. Karen Bass, D, uh, Democrat California, chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus, said the legislation presents, quote, a bold, transformative vision of policing in America, unquote. Quote, never again should the world be subjected to witnessing what we saw on the streets in Minneapolis, the slow murder of an individual by uniformed police officer, she said at the outset of a news conference. Bass said the legislation has more than 200 co-sponsors in the House and Senate. So, uh, I like reading that. I liked reading that aloud. I'm really hoping that McConnell will just shut up and let it get voted on. But we'll see. We'll see what happens mm -hmm. with that. But um, just so that I'm following, it, this is federal. Yes. Yeah. Which, which it will... It will um, over affect. It will affect everybody. Everybody, because mm -hmm. federal law supersedes state that, law. That was the word supersede. That was yes. the word I was trying to. Yes, the changes to our lives, to our to, that's going to turn into whatever the new normal looks like coming out of the COVID nineteen pandemic. It makes sense that other systems that have so long been broken and not working for a, a vast swath of our population to also 
go through a transformation and change to make things better for everybody. So it it kind of it 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 makes a very weird sense that these things are kind of happening at the same time. And, and a clean sweep of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it there's a kind of poetry to it, but there's also the I think you use the term match point. I mean it's like we've all been cooped up and apart from the people we want to be seeing and spending time with and frustrated and scared and unemployed and unemployed and, and yeah, fear and there's no football. And yeah, there's, there's no football. So people are no, no football. That's, that's <laughs> baseball now. A lot of people. Right. So, I mean, that's a kind of, I mean, I know I've had like, like I was talking about just a generalized anxiety and, and, and that's so much that's sort of building up inside that when you, something like this happens, then yeah, it makes sense that it could really spark a revolution or, or yeah. a major change in a way that it wouldn't be for if everyone just had their typical, Oh yeah. You know, well, all the movies are playing all the, you know, obviously there's Netflix, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like if people yeah, well, just had their regular social lives and yeah, it's also, everything. it's also, I'm sure there are a lot of people who feel they have like, what do they have left to lose? Oh. You know, you know, they lost their jobs. They they can't go out. They can't do the you know like and and it's too much. It's and and honestly, these systems needed to change. They need to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's and kind of why okay. not now, right? You know, it, you know. Obviously, it's um, Pride Month also, and it's been a weird <laughs> month to figure out how to celebrate. We've been celebrating online with just some photos of prides past and all that kind of thing which has been nice you know on facebook but you know celebrations feel a little subdued and cautious at best right now but the thing that i was thinking about is that the one of the myths around the stonewall riots is that people that night when the cops came to arrest the folks in the bar were morning it was it was a, supposedly the night i believe of judy garland's funeral mm. oh so that was thing. a sad thing and people were like in a somber mood and you know obviously let's see 1969 i mean you know there's it, it, it the whole world had that fulcrum of like change and and despair and people assassinations and there was like a lot <laughs> happening in that moment and, and you know said, whether we're it was not going to take it yeah, whether it was Judy Garland or not, really, but for whatever reason, people were not gonna take shit that night. You know, they were in no mood. Yeah, mm. you know, so it's it's a, somewhat of a microcosm or a different example, maybe of that kind. Yeah, of, well, no, it, I think that's a good example. Yeah, yeah, it's well, that's when when rioting happens, when when civil unrest happens, it happens because the population has been stressed past the breaking point mm -hmm. it's you know and uh, yeah and uh and and this is really it what is it i mean was it merkel the other day said it's like everybody everybody wants him gone out of the white house now everybody what did merkel say she was something about like well, we can't count on the Americans for anything or just like, don't even 
don't even bring them in. <laughs> don't bring them up. Uh, whatever. Yeah. It's like they don't, don't want us. They I don't didn't hear us. that she said that, but I'm not surprised. I knew she'd yeah. think it if she didn't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I think she point. said it out loud finally. Wow. <laughs> that sucks. But I mean, again, if it creates if we get the change we need in the White oh, House, that will be man. good. Um so but you know what? Each time something happens, uh, each time something happens, and we think this this is the ultimate. If this happens, then something's got to change, and then it continues the same way. Well, that's why so, the protests haven't stopped yeah. because yeah. everyone is aware of that. Everyone is aware that the last, the first thing they just want everything to die down, and then we can kind of like you know. We can say these things and a couple of people get fired and somebody goes to jail for five years instead of 35 years. And then, okay, we're all cool. Cool. Now let's go back to the way it was. And, and that is not acceptable anymore. And I think, and I think the population is kind of letting the powers that be know that this is not acceptable anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, uh, the thing that makes me feel hopeless is the the way that um, the powers that be ignore protests, and they have for the past three and a half years just ignored the women's march. Million women marching on DC has no effect. No, because they didn't burn anything down. Yeah, yeah. It's like I say, oh, peaceful protest, peaceful protest, but you know doesn't get anybody's attention <laughs> it doesn't yeah and i'm definitely a peaceful person but i absolutely understand why some are not at at this point mm. <laughs> you know and um you know i want what gets attention i guess i'll say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it has been but um uh, there's yeah. a difference between the non-peaceful protesters and the looters it's like they're not necessarily yeah. the same and true true that's true some, some people are just taking advantage of the situation yeah, yeah. but but um, stores have insurance especially big box stores yeah so other than that i'm just uh <laughs> Try other than other than everything. <laughs> no, it's not other than it's not other than it's it's in addition as a to. result of all of uh, this. Uh, you're I, feeling you have hope. Well, I've I have a hope, but I'm, right now I'm just trying to take care of myself. Hmm. I feel like that's that's what feels important. So trying to pay attention to my health, which I think has been I've been negligent about for a while in this last couple of months. I'm trying to, so even just like the, I'm just drinking some fucking water instead of like beer and coffee all the time, which had been my, <laughs> my, my liquid intake for <laughs> too long. Um, and re reading, you know, I'm really appreciating a lot of people's posts about, su well, supporting protesters. You know, there are lots and lots of ways that you can help support Black Lives Matter and other organizations that are doing stuff locally, you know? And that feels like a constructive thing that I can do. Um, and supporting Black-owned businesses, including somebody posted 
um, black goth fashions, black mm. owned goth <laughs> fashions. I was like, how many ways do I love this right now? <laughs> you know, and it's interesting, you know, because they're the giant world stage things that people can do. You can you can have a million people marching on Washington or San Francisco or L.A. The L.A. march just looked incredible. I just saw that happened, I guess, a couple of days ago. Um, you know, so that's visible. And then there's just individual people. Like I know someone who, and it wasn't a result of protest, but there was a, an apartment fire in uh, in Maryland for someone who I know, who I'm in some sort of social groups with, and he needs some help. And so people are just trying to help him out, you know? And um, I think, I feel hopeful about the person to person, like people checking in with each other. Yeah. I heard, I've heard from a lot of people just saying like, hey, how, how are you doing <laughs> through all this, you know? And um, that's, you know, uh, healing. Well, I don't even know where I'm at. I'm still in a, in a fog. So I'm not like on a path of healing, but I'm on a path of healing. I'm not, I'm not very close to feeling balanced, but I think that's. uh, You're in the right direction. Yeah, I think I'm in the right direction and I'm seeing little things that I can do and that, and other people can do for each other that feels constructive. And that's, that feels good when the world is on fire, you know. Well, that's good. That's good. And I hope, I hope, I'm hoping this, I am hopeful that this will affect some real change. Yeah. And I think, I honestly think it will one way or another, because I don't think anybody's going to shut up about this stuff until things have changed. And that's, you know, um, I do worry that, you know, we're already seeing a big, a, a spike in coronavirus cases in places that reopened on Memorial Day weekend. And that's the timing for that. Yeah. And I'm nervous about what's going to happen in a week or two now from these protests. But I'm hopeful that it's not going to be horrible horrible and it won't be that it's not going to harb be the harbinger of the second wave yeah i definitely worry about it but i feel like i worry mostly about the cities where there was there were real altercations and people yeah. really got crushed together and tear gassed you and, know? And, or arrested and held together with no masks for long periods of time right but i can say that actually uh one of our former guest doc Coyle was posting about this on uh twitter and he, he said like he really likes intellectual balance and all the people who are for the george floyd protests aren't saying anything about coronavirus but they were like complaining about the other people protesting with yeah. their guns and stuff and and i i felt like it was not First of all, I don't think I've been silent about that. I've been, I have been concerned about Corona. It's not like, oh, this, these <laughs> protests are great; they're immune, you know. No, I'm. Wor- no. I mean, I'm worried about it, but I also think that they're not protesting against social distancing measures, which is what was happening before, <laughs> and which I found crazy. 
Yeah. It's kind of, you know, and, and, and it's kind of purposefully not abiding by health measures. Yeah. With guns, and, carrying, yeah. well, carrying guns, you know, and I don't think that that, it, they're not, it's not the same. And I'm just hoping, and I, I have seen evidence that people who are um, out in the streets now are trying to do their best, even though you're bringing more people together. So there is a greater risk, you know, so. I don't know, but I'm definitely thinking about it. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I haven't been out there somewhere every, every day. Cause I just think that getting sick isn't, isn't a good move either. No. Yeah. You know, so, so we will have a list of things to read and places to donate for Known to help the people who have been arrested and, you know, journalists who have been shot in the face and all of the, you know, the other shit that's, that's been ridiculous. happening. That's yeah. a whole other thing that we didn't talk about. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Well, it's not like nobody has heard of it, hasn't heard of that already. You yeah. know, yeah. We, we're not we're not a news source. <laughs> no, <laughs> no we're just we don't have to... the spoons to be the, a news source. I know. <laughs> Yeah. So um please take care of yourselves everybody. Yes. Take care of yourselves. We are interested in how you're coping and protesting or not and etc. So talk to us on Facebook. We're there. Yeah, and yeah. be safe. Yes. Yes, be safe and be well. And we'll see you We'll see, see you again. in we'll our next regular show episode episode where we're going to talk about music and Music and music. musical things, yeah, things related to music and things to related to music. That will be good. Peace, everybody. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the Leftscape podcast. Sound engineering by Wendy Sheridan. Show notes by Robin Renee. Hosted by In Motion. Remote recording on Squadcast FM. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next show.